Yeah, getting healthier, trying to start You heard all the Ketonians talk Kiss my keto, high and fat Oh yeah, low carb, check it out So official, nothing used that's artificial Products full of electrolytes Raise your ketones, get you right Woo! Everything on the label Oh yeah, 100% What's listed is what you get From the foods to supplements Healthy mix of all the fats, few carbs I'ma be real, and the new ketogenic bar It's a meal that'll get you far Yeah, kissmyketo.com Use LLVLC for 20% off. $50 purchase or more on one order. Yeah. Are you having issues with fatigue, the keto flu, or muscle cramping on your ketogenic diet? Then allow me to introduce you to Keto Vitals. They will solve all of these issues. Keto Vitals is a high-dose electrolyte in a pill specifically created for the unique needs of the ketogenic lifestyle. They use only the best ingredients. In fact, their form of magnesium was shown in a double-blind trial to improve insulin sensitivity. Keto Vitals is 100% guaranteed. If it doesn't work, they will refund your money. Head on over to KetoVitals.com or you can go on Amazon and get free two-day shipping for Amazon Prime members. Use the coupon code KETO1515 both on Amazon and at KetoVitals.com to get 15% off of your order. Keto Vitals. Uh, living La Vida Local. This show is changing lives. We talking about your diet. Trying to get you feeling bright. Cut up them avocados. Fry some eggs. Time to explore. The longest running health podcast. Hosted by Jimmy Moore. Time to give up the crappy garbage. We're getting into ketosis. Every day is a new step to your goal. Yeah, you're getting closer. Motivated and focused. Don't stop, just go. Time to get inspiration from the Living La Vida Low Carb Show. Hey, the Living Low Carb Show. Hey, hey guys, we're back here on the Live in La Vida Low Carb Show with Jimmy Moore, and today I'm very privileged to welcome back on the podcast again. She's been on once before, but now she's back and better than ever, as they say, with a (laughs) brand new book. It's called The Anti-Anxiety Diet, and her name, of course, Allie Miller. She's a registered dietitian, uh, a registered dietitian, licensed dietitian, and she's just been out there doing all of these things within the realm of functional medicine, uh, trying to get people healthy. And unfortunately, a lot of people, Allie, are still walking around uh, sick and tired and don't know what in the world's going on. And they're anxious about things and they're worried. And that stress is leading to even more chronic health issues. And so thank you for writing this book. And thanks for coming back on the Living La Vida Low Carb Show. Oh, it's my pleasure, Jimmy. It's always a fun conversation with you. And I'm happy to be on again. Well, you've been one of the ones out there kind of leading this food as medicine movement that's happening out there. My my Keto Talk co-host, Dr. Will Cole, is another one that's like that. And I'm seeing this more and more within at least the medical profession, maybe not the mainstream conventional medical profession, but just kind of this movement in the health sphere towards food as medicine. What's driving that? Well, I really look at with functional integrative medicine, the root causes of chronic condition. And, you know, we have to acknowledge that food can be a double-edged sword. Food can be the most powerful poison, or it can be the most powerful tool to heal and manage inflammation, create mood stability, to actually squash cravings and create a healthy relationship with our body. 
so I really find that if we can work with food to work for our bodies, we're going to be one up and make sustainable change. And it, it all starts with food. Food can be the disruptor and food can be the healer. Yeah. And unfortunately, most people walking around and including Jimmy Moore circa pre 2004, I didn't really care about what I put in my mouth. And and I think that's sad. And it's also a little bit in 2018 irresponsible with all the knowledge that's seemingly sure. out there. Why do you think there's a certain mm-hmm. segment of the population that still doesn't get all of this? Well, I think, unfortunately, as much as there is knowledge and change and a a ripple in the water, if you will, and and it's growing, the charge is growing. And I think that there's more common speak, even the word, obviously, ketosis (laughs) and ketogenic. I've heard of it somewhere. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's coming with a vengeance. But unfortunately, there tends to be that that counteraction of, you know, big ag, big food, big pharma, health, healthcare industry that likes to drop confusing, conflicting messaging, which I think often throws a lot of people into just putting their hands up in the air and saying, I guess it just doesn't matter. Right. Um, You know, on a daily basis in my clinic, I see that food can work as medicine and we can heal our bodies from the root causes of diabetes, looking at multiple sclerosis, neurological conditions, uh, of course, anxiety and depression, the premise of my book. Uh, but unfortunately, I think that we can get so tunnel vision on one concept that might not work for our body and not listen to the signals and feedback. Or, um, you know, we may use a one size fit all approach and may not get those outcomes and then get frustrated and fall off. So it's, it's really important within the process to understand where your starting point is and make therapeutic changes and listen to the feedback and continue to recalibrate. You know, what I'm eating today is different than what I was eating last year and the year following. And if it wasn't, I would be, you know, tired and stagnant. And that's not the type of healer and practitioner that I want to be. And I love that kind of steps approach because everybody says, well, you come off the standard American diet. You should go to grass-fed panda massage meats and you should have (laughs) organic vegetables and you should do everything pristine. And I'm like, that's not, no, that's not practical. I think if you told you know, 410 pound Jimmy Moore, that that's what I would have to do. I would have never, ever changed my diet. What did I do instead? I came off of Coca-Cola and went on to Diet Coke. I came off of, uh, you know, fast food and I had, you know, luncheon meats with cheese rolled up and dipped in mayonnaise. That was my kind of getting into this. And of course, over the years, I've learned the importance of eating more nutrient dense foods and the importance of trying to feed the microbiome and all of the things that I now know. But had I not taken that first step, Allie, I would have never gotten to where I am today. I agree. And I think that kind of altruistic concept can often create this orthorexia or fear of food in general, Mm. which, you know, like I said, puts us into frustrated and falling off. And at the end of the day, you're not going to get any clinical outcomes if you're fearful of what you're eating or you can't eat in perfection because that's not always possible. And then that creates unhealthy relationships where we may binge or have guilt or shame. And that's not a healing mindset or energy approach or energetic approach in your delivery of food as medicine either. Speaking of anxiety. Yeah, it's it's sad because I think um, in the realm of trying to be healthier, there is this happy balance 
between living life and enjoying your life and making good choices, but then not becoming so obsessed about it that the stress of dealing with it basically unravels all the good that you could be doing in your diet. I see it daily from people, mm-hmm. you know, they're, oh, I'm doing all the right things and I'm just, uh, 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 and, and, yeah, N- worry. That's what, that's what your issue is. Stop eating that chocolate cake known as worry and you'll <laughs> actually get healthier. It's interesting. Totally. Because so I always kind of approach patients as like a, a detective of their body and I can work with someone on leaky gut. I can work with someone on a dysbiosis or gut microbiome protocol, like a candida cleanse. I can work with someone on adrenal fatigue, but I have, that's why I wrote the anti-anxiety diet. I have found that this HPA access or fight or flight mode imbalance can be the Achilles heel of all chronic illness. So even those of us that are the type A um, individuals that again, aren't listening to the feedback. So we're fasting and our body's giving us grumbling and we're over pushing our system. We're over caffeinating. We're over exercising, even though on the outside, that might look like a very healthy individual. If they're dealing with chronic stress and they're over ruminating and over worrying, not having balanced sleep cycles and circadian rhythm, they're actually driving leaky gut in that process. And they're sterilizing their gut microbiome, even if they're, you know, eating kimchi and sauerkraut and doing all the right things. You want to know why I love about Ali Miller and it's this, it's you, you combine a, a pragmatic approach to keto with kind of just, you know, look, you want to feel better. You want to get your mind right. Here's the things you need to do. You, you don't try to sugarcoat it in any way. Sugar's too high in carbs anyway, but <laughs> you, you, you just lay it all out there. And I, I think one of the missing pieces in all of this discussion about anxiety and uh, worry and the stress that comes from those things is is this sometimes people will go keto and they're not fully feeling the effects uh, because that is a powerful modality for lowering, uh, I guess, mood issues. I found that myself, Allie, that was kind of the surprising thing was I always just kind of felt a little bit kind of kind of all the time when I was a sugar burner, but then coming over to a fat burner burning state, I discovered, oh my gosh, I'm pretty chill now. Yeah. (laughs) I don't worry about stuff, but for some people, it doesn't work that way. What's going on with them? Are they just maybe not in nutritional ketosis yet? Or are there other things that could help them uh, experience that same calm mood? So there's a couple of things when you're talking about that first kind of irritated, addicted sugar burner um, and, and sugar consumer that person is thriving on dopamine surges. And so they truly become an addict of food. And so they have these very jagged beyond the hyperglycemic spikes of blood sugar and crashes of hypoglycemia and insulin resistance. They're dealing with irritability, short fuse and truly addiction. And so that's that like first kind of face of the standard American diet and and those individuals. For those that get the benefit of ketosis, yes, they are actually metabolically producing ketones. And it's the same concept. You know, we acknowledge in more of the mainstream medical field back from the 1940s, the idea of ketones helping with epilepsy and actually crossing the blood-brain barrier, sitting on our excitatory neurosynapses. And that same mechanism on a less grandiose level, you know, not to the level of a seizure, 
But epinephrine is one of our primary adrenaline surges that drives anxiety. Mm. And GABA is one of our main mood stabilizers or mellower outers. So GABA is, for instance, what is low in Parkinson's disease. And that's where we get those tremors. If you've ever uh, spoke in public, and I, I know you're you're cool as a cucumber, Jimmy, but some now, people maybe get I used to nervous. be very nervous doing it, but now sure. I'm all right. Yeah. So, you know, that's a drop in GABA. So people that have a shakiness in their voice or a moderate tremble or feel that anticipatory anxiety stress, they benefit from ketones crossing the blood brain barrier because ketones actually help with our GABA receptors and they provide a very grounded mental space. So for the people that are eating a low carbohydrate diet, but still feeling anxious, I would look into the state of their adrenal glands likely because our adrenal glands make not only epinephrine, norepinephrine, and dopamine. Those are our kind of bells and whistles or the alarm system of our stress response. Our adrenal glands also make DHEA. Um, and cortisol, which we're more kind of maybe familiar with, but DHEA is a steroidal hormone that actually helps in the production of ketones. So for people that have been stressed and wired and are now burned out, even if they eat low carbohydrate and they up their fat in their diet and they, or they have enough body fat to use to make ketones, low DHEA can be a limiting agent for ketone production. Um, and so those individuals may need to do some adrenal support for their body as they do the dietary intervention to get that GABA impact in the brain. Mm. And here's the thing. I don't think a lot of people think through all that pathway. Number one, they don't have the knowledge of it. And then number two, they go see their primary care physician, for example, and they're like pushing <laughs> these medications on them, right? Yeah, absolutely. And why is that uh, the first choice? Right? It, it seems and obviously it seems crazy to you and I because we live in food as medicine, kind of being the well, duh. But why <laughs> why are doctors still stuck on the traditional treatments for anxiety and depression being medication? Yes. So my book has six different entry points of drivers of anxiety. And the final one that I talk to in my book is rebalancing neurotransmitters, because I really find that to be downstream, you know, again, if the adrenals are off, if we have micronutrient deficiency, if our microbiome is off. Um, and so unfortunately in conventional medicine, we start with neurotransmitters as the intervention and we start with the feedback mechanism of them. So the most common drugs out there are our SSRIs or selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Ooh, yes. Yes. <laughs> and then there's also our SSRNIs, which work also on our norepinephrine and our serotonin. And both of those basically block the feedback so that the brain keeps firing on a synapse level, those compounds. The issue is it's like a pendulum swing of mood stability. Yeah. Too much serotonin, too much norepinephrine and too little can cause anxiety and depression. So, you know, <laughs> wow. and that's why many people have to try six, seven, eight different medications to find the right cocktail because they're driving clinical imbalance. And it's so unfortunate that practitioners don't test neurotransmitter levels to begin with, to know maybe that individual needs neither serotonin or norepinephrine, and they just need influence on that GABA. You know what it sounds like to me? It sounds like the same thing that doctors treating patients with type 2 diabetes who have high <laughs> insulin levels already with more insulin. 
Oh my goodness. And then they chase the insulin blood sugar drops with carbs. Yeah. They, it's okay. <laughs> Make sure you eat enough carbs. So you don't, you don't drop too, too low in your blood sugar. <laughs> what? I know it's, 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 it's a, it's a calm to face kind of thing, but, but unfortunately not seen that way in, in many people. So, uh, I mean, are we getting close to that being looked at as laughable? Like you and I are looking at it right now. How many more years are we going to have to deal with conventional medicine doing things seemingly bass backwards? I know. And I mean, it's very frustrating because when you go to your clinician or doctor, uh, for instance, especially I think of the perimenopausal population. So women that have hormone changes going on are transitioning into menopause. Often not only are hot flashes experienced, but sleep disruption and mood changes with those estrogen shifts. Um, because there are estrogen and progesterone impacts on mood stability as well. And they're given those drugs without even a discussion, you know, of, of things that they can do on a lifestyle. And it's frustrating that diet isn't acknowledged by many practitioners at all. And like I said, in, in, you know, the beginning of our conversation, it's a double-edged sword. We see in journal of endocrinology published a study that said people that have elevated hemoglobin A1C in a pre-diabetic to diabetic range, even pre-diabetic have a three times more likelihood of depression, anxiety, and bipolar disorders. So Mm. we know that there's a connection to our metabolism and our glucose stability and our mood. You know, unfortunately you made a statement there that I I disagree with. um, And you'll, you'll probably smile at this when I say uh, that you said they don't really talk about food. Sadly, they do. They talk about telling people to cut their fat intake, which is probably one of the key elements, especially healthy kinds of fats to a positive brain health experience. And I think that's been perhaps on top of the carbohydrates. The most damaging thing a lot of these doctors have done is told people to cut out the very substance that could be giving them better mood control and brain health and adding in a food that would give them worse brain health. It's just, it's just baffling to me. I couldn't agree more. And it's so important to acknowledge, you know, as many of your listeners know that the brain is comprised predominantly of cholesterol, (laughs) you know, saturated fats play a role in our cellular membranes. And so when we lower from the diet, these healthy saturated fats, which are much more stable to oxidative damage, with these polyunsaturated, low quality, rancid, stripped, refined vegetable oils, we're creating unhealthy cell membranes, which means unhealthy cell signaling, which means unhealthy body function. And especially brain function, the brain thrives on cholesterol. I mean, if if you watch any of my Instagram stories and how I feed my two-year-old, I mean, she's like a cholesterol hound. She's adorable, by the way. I love, (laughs) I love watching you guys on video. Uh, You know, this morning she's like butter mama, you know, we we give her butter right out of the fridge. She had two eggs, two slices of bacon. I mean, we, we are all about getting the saturated fat and cholesterol for brain boost and not only mental stability for mood, but cognitive function. And so important when we're looking at the rise of ADHD, autism, and, and, you know, we're battling it again with medications that drive adrenaline um, and are just going to tank us for chronic fatigue syndrome down later in life. It's it's a tragedy. If you love great olive oil, do I have a deal for you? As one of my listeners, you're entitled to receive for $1, listen to this, for just $1, a $39 bottle of one of the world's finest artisanal olive oils. 
And what makes this oil really special? It was just fresh pressed at the new harvest. So it's bursting with more harvest fresh flavor than any olive oil you've ever tasted. It's yours for just one buck to help cover shipping as your introduction to the fresh pressed olive oil club. And there's no obligation to buy anything now or ever. But what exactly is fresh pressed olive oil? And why is it so much more flavorful than store-bought olive oil? The problem with store-bought olive oils is that they can sit on store shelves for months, even years, growing stale or even rancid. The olive, after all, is a fruit. And olive oil is similar to a fruit juice in that it's much more flavorful when fresh pressed. And that's what's unique about oils from my friends at the Fresh Pressed Olive Oil Club. They rush their oils direct to your door by plane and special delivery truck straight from the latest harvest. This means that you, your family, and lucky guests can enjoy top-of-the-line artisanal olive oils at their peak of harvest fresh flavor and nutritional value. This is great news for us low-carb lovers because pure fresh-pressed olive oil has zero carbs. Zero carbs. It adds whole layers of amazing flavor to your favorite low-carb dishes, your roasted vegetables, healthy salads, grilled meats, delicate fish, toasted nuts. Oh yeah! I can tell you from personal experience, once you try this fresh-pressed olive oil, you'll never go back to store-bought again. Try it yourself and see. For your 39 bottle for a buck, go to jimmyoliveoil.com. That's jimmyoliveoil.com. One more time jimmyoliveoil.com How would you like to test your blood ketones for just $1 per strip? Join the Keto Clarity Club at bestketonetest.com for the Keto Mojo blood ketone and blood glucose testing. And join the club to get $1 strips when purchased in vials of 50. You get to choose how often that they will ship to you and you'll still get that $1 price per strip. And while you're at bestketonetest.com, make sure you get the meter. And we also have glucose strips sold in vials of 50 and you'll get $5 off with the coupon code Jimmy. There's also the Ketonian Special Kit, which allows you to get the meter, lancet, as well as a starter pack of blood ketone test strips. Again, it's bestketonetest.com for the Keto Mojo blood ketone and blood glucose testing. Bestketonetest.com. By the way, your Instagram for people that are interested, it's <laughs> at Allie Miller RD. Right. Is that right? Allie Miller RD. Yep. Okay. Uh (laughs) Yeah. Go check it out. You guys, she does do regular uh, videos and uh, stories and it's a good channel to follow. Go do that. So, uh, so let's talk about the inflammatory foods because again, doctors are telling patients to cut out their fat and replace their saturated fats with these highly rancid vegetable oils. Just go look up how canola oil is made on YouTube. It's disgusting. Deodorizers, bleachers, yada, 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 just to make it consumable for human consumption, barely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's one thing. But what are some of these things that are being recommended um, for anxiety and mood? I, well, I guess not necessarily recommended, but they're being pushed on patients and they're actually making anxiety and mood worse because they're so inflammatory. It's going to be a well done for a lot of this audience, but maybe there's some surprises. What you got for us? So I think I do have a big surprise for this audience, maybe two actually. So okay. the five top pro-inflammatory foods for mood um, that I remove in the anti-anxiety <laughs> diet. <laughs> Gluten is probably not a surprise. That's not a surprise. Uh, but, 
Yes. So I won't even dig down that rabbit hole. Gluten and corn, I would assume are not a surprise. Uh, soy potentially is Blech. because, you know, although uh, we're maybe not doing tofu or soy milk, watching for soy isolated protein, there still are people that are ketoing using that. Yes. There are people that are using soy uh, in its oil forms or even as a form of like soy lecithin, which is an emulsifier in foods. Would that um, include natto that's the fermented soy as well? So natto and miso are the only two that I allow after the six weeks of the removal in a elimination reintroduction mode to mm -hmm. assess uh, because the fermentation process does enhance nutrient bioavailability like biotin, vitamin K, uh, and we can actually get favorable influence on the biome as well as estrogen detox support. Yep. Uh, so those are two that I consider, uh, but I definitely remove all forms for at least the first six weeks and soy in general for a minimum of 12 weeks, if not a lifestyle. Right. Um, and the big reason is, is that 93% of our soy is genetically modified. Yes. And so the concern is there are neurotoxins that are applied in the chemical used in those agricultural crops. And if we're talking about neurological stability, we don't want to be consuming neurotoxins. <laughs> so <laughs> pull that out. Um, so corn, soy, gluten, sugar, probably also not a surprise, right. but dairy. The reason, dun, and, and I'm from, dun, I'm, dun. I know, I'm from Wisconsin, <laughs> you guys. So I live in Austin, Texas, but I'm from Wisconsin. And I, I, I am a dairy consumer myself. Um, but in writing this book, I had to have those of you that are dealing with anxiety, depression, bipolar disorder, and any mental illness to remove it for at least 12 weeks, enough time to create cellular shift because of the casein. Um, the casein in dairy, which is one of the protein compounds, so there's whey and casein, casein actually can play a role in crossing the blood-brain barrier and interfering with our um, caseomorphin, um, which can actually create opioid-like addictive tendencies. It does cross the blood-brain barrier and it can interfere with mood-stabilizing neurotransmitters. Um, so for that reason, I had to pull that out and I allow, just like with the soy question, ghee coming back in at week seven, because again, this kind of middle of the elimination, ghee is casein free, the way that we um, clarify that butter. Yes. And then um, grass fed whey is another one you can strategically test because a good quality grass fed whey should be casein free as well. And then after the 12 weeks, I give you ways to strategically assess varied forms of dairy and determine if, for instance, um, you know, you can tolerate yogurt or a little bit of grass fed butter or hard aged cheeses, which would be the most concentrated. All right, Allie, you just gave anxiety to a whole lot of people that love their dairy. <laughs> yes, yes, I know this. <laughs> well, give us some hope. What are some of those foods that you like to put your patients on that help to stabilize their mood and uh, make them happy and is keto compliant? So one of my favorites is, and I take a very ancestral approach to the diet. Mm -hmm. So I'm a huge proponent of eating snout to tail. And um, yes, sustainable sourcing is optimal, but I'm a big fan of bone broth for the yes. reason that it helps to truly, it's like a facelift for our gut. <laughs> so it really tightens the gut junctions. It really helps to support um, with that gelatin and collagen against leaky gut. So it repairs gut integrity which makes us less 
responsive to the inflammatory impact of some foods. Yes. Um, so we don't have to maybe go down that rabbit hole of things like lectins and other potential anti-nutrients in Oxalates plants. And, yes. Yeah. If we repair that gut integrity, um, that's very essential. And bone broth also actually that um, L-glutamine in bone broth can convert into GABA. And so we do get an actual mellowing out direct impact. I love to sip on a mug of broth in the evening. <laughs> it's really healthy for sleep. It really helps to stave off cravings because GABA as a neurotransmitter also helps with impulse control. So what I do with my clients is if they're craving a food yeah. that is off of their plan, I always say they need to, they can honor that craving in 24 hours. So, you know, if you're craving a, and everyone again is at a different entry point of their journey. So someone might be craving a Twinkie, someone might be craving a piece of chocolate cake, someone might be craving a, a sweet potato. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's, it's all different. Yeah. And so I, I want you to honor that, you know, write it down, timestamp it, and then do some therapeutics, like have your mug of bone broth, get some quality sleep, get outside and move your body. And if in 24 hours, you still want that, you can honor that. Um, and so you allow yourself a little bit of recalibration, but bone broth really helps in that sense for both the gut integrity and the GABA. Can I tell um, you how I use bone yeah. broth, Allie? So yeah. I, I learned about four years ago, I did a TV segment with this Australian chef, uh, Pete Evans. You probably know Pete. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, and so ever since then, I watched him uh, on that cooking show and he had this liquid on the stove and he was literally dipping everything in it and i'm like what is that he's like oh that's bone broth mate and so i was like okay i am so upping my game so i literally cook everything in bone broth and it makes it taste better and then you get all these great uh benefits that you just explained it's it's my little secret weapon for sure and it makes <laughs> cleaning up your pans easier it deglazes all the that's caramelization true. yes yes <laughs> so, it you does. Know, if, you, if you sear a ribeye in your cast iron uh, you know, you, you can take that, let that rest on your plate, and then you can throw your Brussels sprouts or your mushrooms or whatever yes. vegetable you're cooking, throw a quarter cup of bone broth in there with maybe a do. splash of vinegar. <laughs> and I do. It's <laughs> yummy, really yummy. Uh, another food I love is matcha. So this is powdered green tea. Uh, matcha is made from green tea leaf, but they grow it in shade. And the reason they do that is that it enhances the amount of L-theanine in its uh, compounds. And so green tea has a little bit of L-theanine, but matcha has about 10 to 50 times the amount of L-theanine. And L-theanine is a amino acid derivative that also crosses the blood-brain barrier and helps with alpha brainwave activity. And alpha brainwave activity is what is seen during meditation during creative thought process, and during our REM cycles of sleep. So it helps to create that concentration and focus and kind of zen-like mentality, which can be very mood stabilizing. And it doesn't drive one particular neurotransmitter. It kind of pilots the brain to create a synergy of balance. Mm. Wow. So, so I use that as an alternate to coffee. Um, you know, you can do a matcha latte. I use, uh, I have a matcha coconut gummy um, where we use gelatin, full fat coconut milk and matcha powder. And um, we make these awesome gummies, which would support the gut integrity and give you that therapeutic compound for mood stability. Um, And every uh, chapter in my book actually has food as medicine solutions for that entry point. So whether we're focusing on 
the removal of inflammation, whether we're focusing on restoring micronutrients, uh, you know, rebounding those adrenal glands, there's going to be different therapeutic foods that I bring into your diet as abundance and then give you ways that you can incorporate them with recipes. Wow. So you mentioned recipes. You have me at recipes. How many recipes are in the book? <laughs> there are uh, just over 50 recipes wow. and a two week meal plan. Um, but it is not a cookbook. It is a book book. It's a 303 page book. Yeah. Um, and uh, it is, you know, a read that has recipes in yes. it. Um, so no photographs, but, um, oh, but Allie, let me tell you something as somebody who's written books that have recipes in them. If there's any recipes, it sometimes gets classified as a cookbook. I was looking for the keto cure the other day in my local Barnes and Noble and they had it in the cookbook section. I'm like, <laughs> it's got more science in it than it does <laughs> recipe i love maria's recipes but right come on <laughs> so what's your yeah, we'll favorite see. recipe we'll see where they throw it um oh goodness let's see so that's like asking uh, your favorite child i know i'm sorry i know no that's okay i mean there, there's a couple so um i'm a really big fan recently of my um nori roasted almonds mm -hmm. um so we take almonds and rub them in coconut aminos uh with uh broken down uh, nori seaweed to support the thyroid, give us that iodine and mineral richness. And it basically um, creates this like salty, briny, crunchy, um, delicious nut blend, um, which works really well. And um, I have a bunch of snacks. I have really simple ideas, just like my roasted colored peppers, which I, I did this last night on my Instagram stories. It's, it's literally just a blend of olive oil and avocado oil copious amounts of Himalayan salt, and then a red onion and colored bell peppers that you roast until they caramelize. So you actually get that capitalization of the natural sweetness in these peppers. Yes. And I'm a huge proponent of recalibrating our palate to appreciate natural sweetness when we're breaking up with sugar. Oh my goodness. Um, yes. I'll <laughs> tell you, you what, I had some green peppers recently, Allie, that came out of my garden in the backyard and we put them on a salad or something that we had. And I bit into it and I went, oh, it, it was a homemade pizza that I made. And I was like, holy crap, that is so sweet. I mean, it was almost like like sugary sweet. It was so sweet. And I went, what in the world? Of course, I don't eat sugar, so that's probably. Right, right. Well, and when you don't eat non-caloric sugars, you know, sweeteners, I guess is the fair word. So what yeah. if, well, as we remove, you know, the, the stevia and erythritol and alcohol sweeteners, we get to appreciate the natural sweetness in these foods. And I think that that really helps to make this lifestyle change sustainable because yeah. I mean, when I eat caramelized vegetables, I am like floating in heaven, like it's a dessert. Um, and, uh, I, I, that's, that's the sweetest I want my palate to go. And again, it took many years for you to get there. So I don't want anybody yeah. listening. That's like, Oh, I'm just trying this keto thing and everything does not taste sweet to me. I mean, it, it's going to come. <laughs> Just be patient. Let let yes. that brain get healed. Let the gut get healed. And all yes. of those things will fall into line. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then I provide a lot of recipes that help with the dairy removal because that's another one, right? Nice. A lot of us, we rely heavily on, on dairy as a, as a tool or a crutch, if you will, because it's, it's an easy go-to protein and it, it tends to be cheaper and it makes things taste good for sure. Yeah. Um, but I have an awesome cashew cheese with a Z dip. <laughs> Um, which is soaked cashews and lemon zest and lemon juice with tahini, which is sesame seed butter, some fresh herbs and truffle salt. Truffle salt helps <laughs> anything and uh, a little bit of white pepper. So you still get that nice richness. And that's really great to dip cucumbers in yeah. or to drizzle on top of your grass fed ground beef or, you know, protein of choice. 
So, Ali, I've followed you for a very long time and, and we're mutual fans of each other. But I sometimes hear you say like th- these different like ingredients that you use. The coconut aminos came out a while ago and uh, and just different things that, that you mentioned. Are those readily available like in stores? I'm assuming Whole Foods probably has most of those things or are you have an order online. I, I can just imagine some people hearing you kind of spout all that stuff and go, all right, I don't know what? half that stuff she just talked about. <laughs> Yeah, so it's true. Like you said, it's a learning curve. And, you know, I went to a naturopathic college of medicine where we did whole foods production. And so when we would work with a ingredient, we had to work through the thought process of what's been done to it since harvest. Are all of its edible parts still intact? And, um, you know, can you imagine it growing? And so when I'm making recipes, I'm using that as the guidelines of integrity of what I'm selecting from. But I I do understand there's a huge shift in that thought process. It's a great thought process to start to work through as we redefine our relationships with food. But um, I am seeing more and more at like, you know, your HEB, your Kroger, your standard grocery stores, a health section that's expanding used to have a lot of granola in it, (laughs) you know, a lot of those health sections used to have like the Kashi products and whatnot, um, which are laden with soy and sugars and such and gluten. Um, but now I'm starting to see a turn in, in the tides at, you know, even your, your beyond natural grocery stores where we're seeing things like collagen, uh, we're seeing things like some of these natural condiments, Coconut um, oil. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, a, it's a process and a transition. And I do have an Amazon store where I put all of these things in my pantry staple section. Yes. So y'all can check that out too. And that's helpful for a little bit of a learning curve and a good affordable price point. And that's at AllieMillerRD.com, you guys. Again, right. Allie Miller, registered licensed dietitian, certified diabetes educator, functional medicine practitioner, natural food, foods consultant. And all around good gal. I love I love you to death. I think you're doing really good work. And oh, yeah, by the way, she's also a podcaster. If, if yes. she speaks so clearly and has a great microphone, you know why. It's called Naturally <laughs> Nourished. Go check That's it right. out. It's on Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, really fun show uh, that you do. And so uh, you and Becky always have a good time on that show. And thanks for being here today on the Living La Vida Low Carb Show. It's always a pleasure, Allie. Oh, it's my pleasure and such a fun conversation. Uh, living La Vida Low Carb, this show is changing lives. We talking about your diet, trying to get you feeling right. Cut up the avocados, fry some eggs, time to explore. The longest running health podcast hosted by Jimmy Moore. Time to give up the crappy garbage. We're getting into ketosis. Every day is a new step to your goal. Yeah, you're getting closer. Motivated and focused. Don't stop, just go. Time to get inspiration from the Living La Vida Low Carb Show. Hey. The Living Low Carb Show.com. Woo! Disc of Light.